0: You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician, a.k.a. The Stable Genius and Vocal Minority, and welcome To another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Sports Grid Network. Episode number 431. The 431st edition and convening of the Stats Over Beats Cypher. Where we help you win your leagues and win that cash. We got the Hendersons in there already in the chat room here on Pluto TV, Zumo TV, Stir. So many ways you can catch the spitting Statistician here on Sports Grid. Um, We had a wild weekend. Alright, and you know, Henry, I know you're in the chat. You've already hit me up. Ben, what's going on in the chat? Stats overbeat Cypher is assembling as usual. We had a wild card weekend. We're going to break it down game by game. Tell you what uh, I thought you could take away, not only to spin forward to make a little bit of cash. Uh, for the rest of the playoffs, but also what it could mean for the future of fantasy football, okay? You are always logging things in your mind that you want to remember as we move along. So like we will on a Monday, we're not doing waiver wires anymore, right? Because the fantasy football season is largely done. But we will do what speeds kind of got right and what speeds got wrong in each game, all right? And then, yes, what we need to do, Henry, is we need to update speeds versus the kids. And uh, Henry is all over. How uh, Danny and I did. Danny, do you see Henry already in the chat? He's I, uh, I, he's I already do. letting yeah. us know. But yes, we will detail this uh-huh. and why it was uh-huh. an interesting why it was an interesting week for us. But um, and then listen, I also wanted to talk. Remember last week I started talking about our sports resolutions for 2020. So Henry Henderson, Ben in the chat room, Francisco G. Um, uh-huh. let me know what are your sports resolutions for the year 2020. All right, and moving forward, I talked about, like, strikeouts mattering. I also... Here's another one. In 2020, can we not project what we think athletes should do because of what we want them to do? You know, like, whether it's a guy like Zion Williamson or Trevor Lawrence or Tua Tagovailoa and how much they play in college or should they sit out? Like, we say, oh, Zion shouldn't have played. Or if it's, like, Manny Machado getting a contract, right? Or... The idea of the refs and instant replay, like, can we just give that up? And we'll talk about that, obviously, with what happened in that end zone. Very close to the original sin for pass interference replay um, that was happening last last year in the same building. But in any event, let's get it started. Uh, We also, we got a poll question up as it relates to the Saints as well, right? And my poll question here is, should each team get a possession in overtime? Okay, because listen, remember... Uh, At this point, five, ten years ago with the Minnesota Vikings and Brett Favre, um, they uh, went down the field, kicked a field goal in that playoff game, and uh, that was it. And so now it's like, oh, if you get a field goal, the other team gets a possession. What about just letting both teams get a possession? Should both teams get a possession? Maybe it's closer to college and people don't like it. Maybe people are like, listen, your defense is a part of one of the three phases of this game. Just stop the other team. And, you know, I don't disagree. You're going to hear this retroactive stuff now because, listen, the NFL is reactionary. It was reactionary to the pass interference in the Dome last year. You know, and I wonder, will this continue the drumbeat for the idea of both teams getting the ball in overtime but we got a poll question up so let me know if you think yes both teams should get it no both teams shouldn't or if this should maybe be like only a playoff rule similar to how listen there's only instant replay in overtime and after the last two minutes without a challenge so you know it would not be without precedent well and 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 i've got another idea for this all right i'll tell you maybe a little bit later on in the show i've got an idea for how it could be really cool like it's never going to happen remember when i've had my my uh, platform for like the all-star challenges and stuff like that. I've got an idea to make overtime really, really interesting in the NFL. Although you know, it is tongue-in-cheek a little bit. All right, but for the teams who are still playing, the final eight teams. Let's get into some of the injury concerns. These are the people you are going to need to think about as. You know, you're filling out DFS lineups for Divisional Weekend. Some of you guys have playoff formats left and right, okay? So here's what you need to know. The Seattle Seahawks, right, they moved on. Listen, offensive tackle Dwayne Brown, you got to worry about him. Still with that meniscus tear or the meniscus issue. Uh, Guard Mike Iupati. So this is that offensive line, right? And I was talking about this when it comes to Seattle. But Russell Wilson, you know, does Russell Wilson things, Right. So Yupati, they say, may come back for that game against uh, Green Bay. That's two starting offensive linemen. All right, so keep an eye on that. But but you know who was back? Jadavion Clowney, and boy, did he make an impact for those Seattle Seahawks yesterday on Houston. Got to monitor Will Fuller still, okay? He did not play on Saturday. Now, as the Texans move along to play the Kansas City Chiefs on, they are the first game on Sunday, I believe. Will Will Fuller be back in the lineup? That's something you got to see. Listen, in the same vein as Davion Clowney coming back, making an impact, J.J. Watt came back and made an impact for the Houston Texans, as we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. I think his sack in the third quarter really was kind of the turning point for that first wild card game. We'll go through all four games. In Minnesota, right, they, uh, they look pretty good. They did not have many injuries, right? So what do you got? You got Cook looking refreshed as hell. You got Madison, uh, you know, he's back. He got, he got touches uh, yesterday, so they look relatively healthy. For Tennessee, you still have uh, Adam Humphreys maybe to monitor, but they look decent. Coming back this week for San Francisco, Quan Alexander needs to be looked at, the linebacker. D Ford with a hamstring. Those two guys, pieces of their defense they would need. You got to watch that this week. For Green Bay, it's Balaga, the tackle. Okay, Ryan Balaga, huge tackle, Pro Bowl caliber offensive lineman, still in the concussion protocol. All right? For Baltimore, the big name is obviously Mark Ingram, the running back. He's coming back from a calf. We think he's going to be good to go. And Kansas City, remember my pick, the Kansas City Chiefs, they seem to be pretty healthy. Remember, they were trying to manage uh, the carries and the reps of Shady McCoy coming in with the extra week, and uh, you know Andy Reid after the buy. Look, well, things look good for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll tell you why I think it looks even better uh, later on in the show. And the news here, we know about the Patriots. We'll detail them that, but also, guys, the carrots did. The Cowboys did finally move on from Jason Garrett. They've hired Mike McCarthy. <sighs> I'll tell you what I think on the other side. To be honest, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. I don't know it moves the needle. What I do think moves the needle more, our boy Tua declared for the draft. So uh, teams are going to trade up for him. All right. Dilly Dilly, we'll come on back. We'll break down everything from the four wild card games. And, yes, speeds versus the kids. Come on back. It's Fantasy Freestyle here. Get on the grid. You know what it is. Welcome back, fantasy freestyle. Ya tu sabe? Right here on Sports Grade, episode four hundred and thirty-one. Here with the stats overbeat cipher. The cipher is live as usual, less so than normal. You know, fantasy football is done, but the real deal stats overbeat cipher in the building. Francisco G. Letting me know that uh, you know I am the guy who still puts the money in the wallet despite the speeds versus the kids record. Ben uh, talking about how both teams should get a shot in overtime. I don't necessarily disagree, and he's asked me for next year already. Yeah, man, you got to always get that depth. You always got to keep thinking. All right, you always got to build uh, because you never know when someone's going to go down, whether it's the bye weeks, but then remember when it comes playoff time, you want to kind of uh, sharpen that and condense your roster a little bit more. I do not think McCarthy is going to hurt Zeke. I've seen a lot of that out there already, Ben, in uh, social media and other places that he's going to somehow hurt Zeke because they split – carries and stuff like that listen you have zeke who's one of the best uh three down backs in all the nfl i think mccarthy will adjust okay i think he should i think he needs to i think he will i think it'll be fine all right but obviously we'll see more and can tony pollard start to grow in his role i guess maybe a little bit but nothing to infringe upon zeke still being an rb1 qqq wilson says hey just play the entire full quarter you know and i don't like that's cool the problem with that Is, you know, football is such a violent game. People get hurt so much. You know, you're going to start to see a huge spike in injuries after they've already played. And you're like, hey, they got to be Warriors. I get it. But just in the current climate and culture and context of the NFL, they'd never let that happen. Uh, And then my man Henry Henderson is wondering about Tom Brady. What will happen with Tom Brady next year? I think he might play somewhere else. I think this is an opportunity for him to get away and remember. That's why I've said this quarterback merry-go-round is going to be so interesting. I've been saying it for weeks. All right, I've had names like Rivers and Brady on this carousel. We'll do that coming up after the uh after the divisional round and we'll take a deep look at the quarterback carousel uh as these things settle a little bit. But also, listen, Ben, you were mentioned about McCarthy and so they do finally hire McC- McCarthy. The first thing I'm going to say is I think they did Jason Garrett wrong. All right. Listen, I don't think they're sh- stringing him out like this. I don't care if he was lobbying for his job or whatever it is. I, I think this is a bad look for the entire organization because it now also puts Garrett behind the eight ball if he wants to go get another job. Teams are interviewing, not only for coaches, coordinators, stuff like that. And now he's kind of late to the party to get another job. So I don't think that was a good look. Um, and is McCarthy really going to like challenge Jerry Jones? You know, we talk about it all the time. These teams that are run well, well run organizations, they do well. The teams that are messed up at the top? Is a, is a uh, veteran retread head coach really going to move the needle? I'm not so sure. Okay, so we'll see. Dallas has some pieces, but they got some decisions to make as well, obviously, as it relates to Dak, as it relates to Amari. We'll see what happens with that offensive line, which was one of the best in football, but has somewhat taken a step back. A lot of questions on the defensive side, actually. Now with Van der Veer having neck surgery, so we'll see what happens. But yes, finally they move on from Garrett. They do in fire. They do in fact hire um, Mike McCarthy. So let's talk about what we saw in these games. First one was the Houston Buffalo game, and listen, all of these games were crazy. And yes, Danny and I didn't have a good week, but like all these games were incredibly close. Right? So the Houston-Buffalo, I got to tell you, and there are going to be some recurring themes here. Like, for example, the way that Houston um, held the Bills to field goals at the beginning of this game or in the second quarter of this game was in, in, very important, much like Tennessee doing it with the goal line stand at the end of the second quarter with New England, right? I think we saw the highs and the lows of Josh Allen. I am prepared to say that, remember my thing all year, one of the things Speeds got right, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson, right? And Deshaun Watson ultimately makes the signature play, the Superman play where two Buffalo Bills crash into him and he spins out and makes what is a game-defining play, right? But I got to tell you, Josh Allen is right on the precipice from joining them. When Tom Brady moves along and this wave happens, you're going to have Mahomes in the West, you're going to have Lamar in the North, you're going to have Watson in the South, and even though I am a Jets fan, you know, Josh Allen is ahead right now of Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and all that. And he was making some ridiculous plays. He ran for 95 yards. Okay. He made some throws as well in his first playoff start. The arrow was pointing up for Buffalo. But we also said some bonehead nonsense. All right. We saw the lateral. We saw him taking the intentional grounding in the, towards the end of regulation. We saw him in overtime decide to chuck it 40 yards downfield to double coverage to his fullback. Hello. we play to win the game. Um, but. You know, he wants to make plays. He's still raw, rough around the edges, and will make those mistakes, right? The Watt sack was huge. And I also got to tell you, Devin Singletary, here's something I got to tell you guys. Mark it down, Jilly, if if you're watching and listening. Devin Singletary is one of these rookie running backs who have been ascending. I said it all the time. And you know how last year I was on these second year ascending wide receivers? I will be on that as well. But the second year talent is I like these guys taking a jump. And Devin Singletary, I think, could be a high-end RB2 next year. He may even be able to sneak into, you know, back-end RB1 territory. If someone comes out. In August, and he's rated, ranked as like your 11th or 12th running back or, you know, 11 through 14, 15. I ain't mad at that. All right. Devin Singletary, the arrow is pointing up. And this, this Buffalo team, I like it. But with, with, with Houston, listen, you see Deshaun Watson making the play. But Deshaun Watson also got sacked seven times. That offensive line is still a problem. I've told you it's been a problem. It continues to be a problem. And with the Kansas City Chiefs defense getting better and better, Terrell Suggs now, right? I'm worried that they're going to get too much pressure on Deshaun Watson and they can continue to get to him. Will he make plays? Probably. But he's going to be under pressure all day long. That Kansas City Chiefs defense is getting better. Um, In the Tennessee-New England game, which was next on Saturday night, listen, let's first talk about the game. Another Huge goal line stand. Rashad Evans, the linebacker on Tennessee, had himself a night. Okay, he was all over the field. That goal line stand really was big. Because if not, it goes 17-7, they may not come back and score at the the end of the second half. That was huge. All right, also, Derek M.F. Henry. All December, I was telling you about Derek Henry, right, and how he provides the balance for the the A.J. Brown and the Ryan Tannehill. They knew it was coming. And he ran on them anyway. 34 carries. 182 yards and a touchdown. A 22-yard reception that I thought was a touchdown anyway. 200 scrimmage yards. And here's the thing. The Pats knew it was coming. Uh, Maybe they took away the the over-the-top, right? A.J. Brown didn't do much. But it don't matter. As you saw, as time went on, they wanted no part of tackling Derrick Henry. And the thing is, that might be in play this weekend when they play Baltimore, all right? Because it's going to be raining on Saturday night in Baltimore, and over time, it is tough to tackle Derrick Henry. And I'll also say this, Mike Vrabel, got to give him a little bit of love too. If you saw them take the delay a game and then take the false start with the penalty to wind, they wound a minute and a, like 25 seconds off of clock there right before the five-minute mark. And that was brilliant, okay? Belichick knew it. I knew it when we saw what was going on. We have seen Belichick try this earlier in the season. And then, you know, it's a big-time difference. Tom Brady got the ball back, but with 20 seconds left, ultimately threw a pick six. If he's got a minute 40 there, it's different. All right, so that was a great play by Vrabel. That stood away. And, of course, now we do have to address are the Patriots done? I think the first domino to fall is Josh McDaniels. We're already hearing stuff about Brady. Oh, I'm not going to give him a hometown discount. Oh, wouldn't be surprised if he would moved on. Listen, we saw it with Joe Montana. We saw it with Joe Namath. We saw it with uh, Peyton Manning. Okay, it's not unprecedented for an all-time great to close out going somewhere else. And the Patriots are always a step ahead of the game, right? So I think McDaniels will be the first one to go. The offensive coordinator, I think he will take the job this time, whether it's in New York or Cleveland or Carolina. And then why would Brady want to do it? You heard of all the tension. Maybe he wants to ride off in the sunset somewhere else. I don't know where it's going to be just yet. But if you put a gun to my head, and I know Henry was asking about it, like, and that's a poll, and we will do that as a poll question maybe next week. All right, but I think he's playing somewhere else, to be quite honest. All right, and yes, you know I said this was the end of it, and boy, did it come crashing down. On Saturday night When we come back We uh, take our takeaways From the NFC game It's so fresh And so clean And then uh, we get to Speeds vs. the kids Danny and I Reluctantly Update the standings Of Speeds vs. the kids After these uh, NFC takeaways Let me know what Your resolutions are here For the sports world In 2020 I've got some And i got a plan For overtime also Come on back Y'all do eh? Fantasy freestyle You heard
4: sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, Toyota, let's go places. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless
3: eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.
0: Whitty at, witty at, witty at Hey!
2: Must be the money!
0: Episode 431 of the Fantasy Freestyle Ya Tu Sabe right here on Sports Grid I let, Gotta let you guys know If you want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season, join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you're playing daily fantasy hockey without DailyRoto.com, you are doing it wrong. Wrong, I say. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. com, where millionaires are made. I was talking to Drew Dinkmeyer yesterday. We were going over um our lineups for the uh, slate of yesterday's games. And, yo, we we killed it. I told people I like feeling better than Stefan Diggs. And he was cheaper. I told people I liked, uh, oh yeah, DK Metcalf better than Tyler Lockett and he was cheaper. And similarly, I said, I believe in God, Dallas Goddard over Zach Ertz. All three of those things would have helped your DFS lineup. I hope you hit that cache here yeah, with the stats overbeat Cypher. We got someone new in the Cypher, Travis Daisy is talking about how, you know, Drew Brees and Josh Allen both holding the ball, turning the ball over. And while that is true, uh, Travis, and welcome to the Cypher, I hope you uh, become Come. real deal stats overbeat Cypher. For me, The key of the Saints-Vikings game was Dalvin Cook, all right? We saw, in the same way that I'm talking about Derrick Henry and the commitment to the run game, and we also saw, just a few weeks ago, Minnesota, without Dalvin Cook, when everybody thought Mike Boone was going to take them to a fantasy championship, right? And I said it then. Real Deal Stats Overbeat Cypher Crew, you know what it is. All right, I said that without that balance, Kirk Cousins gets turned into a volume thrower, and that is not good for the Minnesota Vikings not good for most teams quarterbacks right but they didn't have that balance well boy in my opinion did they get it back yesterday and boy in my opinion was that a true linchpin of this game dalvin cook goes 28 carries 94 yards two touchdowns 36 more in the past game madison even running okay five carries for 20 yards but that commitment that's 33 carries in the same way derrick henry is able to run 34 times Right, And to me, that is what allows the passing game to be effective. That's what allows Kirk Cousins to be able to hit you over the top like he did with Thielen at the end of the game or, you know, gashing them over the middle of the field, right? That run game having balance, I think, was very interesting. Compare that with Alvin Kamara getting the ball seven times for 21 yards. You know what I mean? And it's not like they were game scripted out of it. They were within a score for most of this game. Right, But that commitment to the running game, that is very important. The teams that can do that, we have said it all year long here on the Fantasy Freestyle. That was a huge piece in the fact that, the fact that Cook was back and able to give that to the Minnesota Vikings, I felt was a big deal uh, for Minnesota. In that game, the return of Thielen, we nailed the Adam Thielen props. We just told you about that. He had criminally low props on Sunday. He had over three and a half for receptions. He goes seven for 129. On Pro Football Today, yesterday morning, we gave out that we liked the Thielen props. Um, and now, obviously, it's three years in a row for the Saints, right? Losing in walk-off fashion, whether it's to Diggs and the Miracle, whether it's the uh, OT kick with the Rams last year or what happened yesterday. And I hear people bitching and moaning all the time. You know, they should have called pass interference on Rudolph. And like, isn't that what the rule is for? And yes. But I don't think it was as egregious as most people. I think the more interesting thing is, will they evolve the rules for the idea of the overtime? And I'll tell you my wacky idea for overtime a little bit later on in the show in the last segment where, as you know here, we put the fun and functional sports content, right? Um, And here's the other thing for me. Taysom Hill. Honestly, where might you draft Taysom Hill next year? Is it worth it to draft Taysom Hill next year? Will he be the QB2 for the Saints next year? Because if he is, in reality, like if Teddy Bridgewater signs somewhere else, right, Carolina, Cincinnati, the Chargers, who knows? You can't really have Taysom Hill be like your technical official QB2 and also be out there running, you know, catching passes on punt block coverage, um, you know, throwing passes, running the ball. You can't have him. It's too valuable of an asset if he's your actual QB2. But if he's doing all this stuff, is he draftable in fantasy? I think it's really... Really interesting, and we're going to have a poll question on that in the upcoming months as well. And then the last game, listen, what are you going to do? Carson Wentz gets banged out, right? And uh, you can't really – the question is, and Henry asked it here in the chat room, I hear him say this, uh, is Carson Wentz now get the tag, right, the injury-prone? He got a concussion. Do you know, like, what percent of the NFL has gotten a concussion before? Like, It's pretty damn high. I would say it's an even higher percentage than the percentage of the NBA that has a tattoo. All right? So, you know, it's just unlucky, really. And I know in this day and age of the independent uh, assessment, this was going to happen. People think it happened to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and they covered it up. So this is not the the last time we're going to see this happen where the quarterback— Goes down because of a hit, and it just it's just a bad situation. Carson Wentz finally gets through 16 games. You think it's his chance to reclaim the narrative for this as his team, and there he goes out. Josh McCown, you know, admirable effort, but the man's over 40, right? Was coaching high school football, was on the set of ESPN. What are you going to do? You know, more guys even went down, right? Uh, Brandon Graham, I think, went down at one part of the game. Like, come on, man, you know? Um, I don't know, though. Henry do what I call him injury prone I don't think necessarily I really don't all right um, I think it's just really snake bit to be quite honest but you know remember the other things were you know it's a freak injury sometimes you know and backs and knee ah. I can't actually call him injury prone here's what I will say DK Metcalf revelation right um, we talked about some of these ascending second year players There are a couple in this game. Over this weekend, Devin Singletary is one. A.J. Brown, even though he had his one for four, is one. And in this game, I still say Miles Sanders is one, but D.K. Metcalf broke out, right? Seven catches, 160, and a touchdown. Him and A.J. Brown were at Ole Miss together, okay? They are in for big things. I will take both of them as wide receiver twos. Maybe high-end wide receiver threes, low-end wide receiver twos. They're Inside people's top 25, just like in how this year we were talking about guys like Godwin, DJ Moore, you know, uh, even Calvin Ridley early, you know, Cortland Sutton, right? The second-year wideouts. This year, it's going to be A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf making that kind of jump, in my opinion. The last thing I'll say is, you know, Russell Wilson. I say all the time these three quarterbacks in the AFC that just make plays, right? Well, Russell Wilson is the one in the NFC. I was saying Carson Wentz was making plays. You know Aaron Rodgers makes plays, but Russell Wilson is the one. There was a sequence where he like ran for thir- 18 yards on third and 17, something like that, and then when he was starting to scramble, they bring in Malcolm Jenkins to kind of be a spy in the next third down and long. And what does he do? Stay in the pocket, show some agility within the pocket, then deliver the ball right over the middle, right where the safety would be. What do they do with Russell Wilson when, when every other team would just be running the ball to you know, drain the clock? They get to third down. You know they kind of have to run the ball. No, no, no. They trust Russell Wilson. And guess what? I would too. He makes the throw to DK Metcalf. But here's the thing. If that wasn't there, he knows to take the sack. Keep the clock running. He gets out of bounds when he needs to. He slides when he needs to. He makes the plays, and that's why he's an MVP candidate. 31 touchdowns, five interceptions. Obviously, Lamar is going to win the MVP in most people's opinion. I was holding out that it could have been Russell, and I even now defer that it's probably Lamar. But contrast that with what we saw out of Josh Allen to my man Travis Daisy's point. Contrast what we saw out of Josh Allen lateraling in balls, chucking it downfield to double coverage to your fullback in overtime. Contrast that with the trust that Pete Carroll puts in Russell Wilson, right? Or that you see Andy Reid put in Mahomes or even Bill O'Brien in Watson, right? It's going to get there for Josh Allen. It is there for Russell Wilson. And that's the difference. So those were the four games. But Danny, we didn't do that well, bro. Um, like, we picked them all. And I got to say, the Bills game, that goes to overtime. I still hit. I hit Buffalo plus three and a half. So we made, we cached there. Danny, you and I, we knew this Patriots team was ripe for the picking. We were just scurred to pull the trigger. I said they'd lose on the road and maybe summon the echoes. You know we had Tennessee plus the five and a half. We did not have Tennessee outright. Um, that Saints game, we all, we were both on the Saints, as was most of America. Right, Although there was late money, Danny, a lot of late money. The point spread changed from like 8.5 down to 7 on Sunday morning. So there was a lot of late money backing the Minnesota Vikings, and that turned out to be smart money. And then, you know, with this Eagles game, listen, a lot of my analysis was based on Carson Wentz being a hot quarterback who was making plays for four straight weeks that the Eagles needed him to get in. Carson Wentz was taken away, and Josh McCown did admirable stuff, but, you know, it was ultimately not enough. Also, check this out. We, we uh, only got a minute left to the break. Now, in these overtime games, we got this poll question up. And I'm shocked. 53% of you say yes, both teams should get a possession. So let me tell you what I think we should do to Ben and Henry Henderson. Check this out. I think instead of a coin toss at overtime, both teams should walk out with a folded up piece of paper. And people are like, oh, in college they start from the 25 and all that. And one team should be like, if we start our drive on your 35-yard line, we'll get in the end zone. And the other team, blind bidding, should be like, all right, we can do it from the 28-yard line. We could do it from the 35-yard line. And then whoever thinks they can do it from further away, it's a one-possession challenge. They score and get in, they win. They get stopped, game over, they lose. And so their strategy... We can do it from the 28-yard line. Nah, nah, nah. We could do it from the 32. Nah, nah, nah. We could do it from the 41. And then it's kind of like name that tune. You know what I mean, Danny? I can name that song in four notes. Three notes. Okay, name that tune. I could score from the 45-yard line. All right. Let's see you do it. Try and win the game. I think it's more fun that way. Offense
1: and defense. Come on back. Fantasy Freestyle.
0: You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Know what it is? Shook ones need not apply for the stats overbeat cipher. Welcome back. It's fantasy freestyle episode four hundred and thirty-one. As my man Henry knows, as Ben knows, it is the four hundred and thirty-first convening of the stats overbeat cipher. Henry knows what I'm talking about. Name that tune, style, right? So I think what it would be is whoever says they could score from further away would have to do it or try to do it, right? And so if you have a great defense. Maybe you want to be on defense, right? So you say something real short, like the 10-yard line, knowing the other team's going to be like, yeah, I can score from midfield. And you're like, all right, go ahead, give it a shot, brother. Right? Or if you got a really good offense, would you be like, yeah, I can score. Get me the ball. Uh, Derek says, have both teams uh, have a possession from midfield. That would be like college, or you know, the 20, the 25. I like the idea of the strategy. I'm I'm obviously being a little bit, you know, tongue-in-cheek because they would never allow coaches to actually have to think about this. You know what I mean, and then you know in the chat room also. It sounds like we're organizing a meetup of the stats over Beats cipher. You know, everybody. I love how the cipher gets down. Obviously, the cipher's a family feel. Um, happy holidays, happy New Year to everybody. It seems like we're kind of like now through the holidays, right? The tree is now gone here in the studio, even. Um, so we're back to the grind again. And and you know, Danny, one of the people in the cipher who was very uh, big with us over the holidays. Uh, you know, obviously sent me some very emotional gifts and stuff, was uh, Danny Lee from the Undisclosed Location. Right, Danny? That's right. And uh, I bring him up because, remember, last week, his uh, daughter Cora made some picks. Uh, we've been running. Uh, his, his wife was not excited with Cora's pick for, remember, the Patriots-Titans game. But it turns out that Cora was correct, Danny. Um, and Cora was not only correct on that one, Danny, but Cora, our Stats beat cipher... Shorty Rock um, is tied for first place. Danny, she went three and one. Cora went three and one. Had the Texans. Had the Titans. Had the Seahawks. Didn't have the Saints. She is tied for first place. There was another lovely young lady who went three and one, and that was Michaela. Michaela went three and one as well. So Michaela is eight years old. She went three and one. Cora is four years old. She went three and one. All right. Danny, then a bunch of kids went two and two. Casper, the four-year-old, Audrey, Goose, Ariana, who, you know, picked the seagulls. So what do you think? I gave her the Seahawks because then she said, excuse me, I gave her the Eagles because she then said the Philadelphia Eagles afterwards. So we gave her a loss there. There you see the standings on the screen. So two of the kids are out in front. They got three wins. A bunch of kids finished 500. Dylan, Zoe, Ozzy, and Jasmine, only one win. And then Danny, we didn't, uh, you know, we got the big poop prize. We didn't do well.
5: That 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 didn't go the way. I no, think. so
0: so you could take this off because we don't need that. You know, I don't want that to be like a commercial for us or something. Um, it's but Danny, happening. yeah, I know. Um, but Danny, here is what I think is interesting. You know, our homegirl Zoe with her controversy, right? Right. Who are the two teams that are involved in the controversy with Zoe? Zoe has been for three years loving Philadelphia Eagles. Zoe's dad is a fan of what team, Danny? Do you remember? Uh, He's a big Saints fan. Oh, yeah, big you're Saints right. Saints fan. Yeah, yeah. So at least we won't have controversy with Zoe for the rest of the way out. You know what I mean? Eagles are gone. Saints are gone. So at least now there'll be no more pressure from my, my boy Matt on Zoe's dad on Zoe's picks. I think that's a win-win. Yeah, that's better. And now here's the thing. Here's the thing, Danny. All these parents, I notified them. They got to come on. They got, I gave them the matchups for this week. If they want to, you know, keep up, like Michaela and Cora. Yo, Danny Lee, if Cora wants a shot at the title, I need her picks for this week. Because remember, we're not doing percentage. We're doing total number of correct picks. All right? So it's easy. Ariana or Audrey or Andy, they could pop up over them. I need all picks for the Thursday show. Danny, so we still have a chance, okay? We still have a chance. I mean, if we go perfect next I week. I think we then... do, because here's the other thing, and I was telling my fiancé about this earlier today. Listen, Cora's four years old. is like four, eight years old. So here's what I think is possible, Danny. And they just did big things, picking the Texans and the Titans, you know what I mean? So when their parents ask them about the games this week, and, for example, they're like, oh, the Titans versus the Ravens, I think the kids are going to pick the same teams over again. Because it's like familiar names, and they'll be happy they won. You know, a five-year-old is like, "Oh, I won with the Titans. Give me the Titans again." You know what I mean? I think they'll pick the same names, and that could bode well for us because the teams with the buys in coming. You know, we we could we could make hay, we could gain on these kids, Danny, by picking like the Ravens and the Chiefs. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what the kids are gonna say. But I think it's possible that they may—it may just trigger happy memories. They're like, "Oh, I won with the Vikings, uh, Vikings!" You know, remember Zoe? She's like Eagles, Eagles, no matter what, almost right. So sometimes they latch on to a team name. So I think we got an opening here, Danny. What do you think?
5: I mean, I get. I'm here. Here's the thing. Right. I'm gonna worry if if our picks are the exact same. Yeah, because we did coming up.
0: Right. All right. So we gotta make well. I like, I mean, I like a lot of the teams that have buys, Danny. Because remember, we pick, and for anybody who's new uh, to the Speeds vs. the Kids or to the Stats over beat Cypher, we were picking them straight up, all right? Not with spread, okay? So, because we had the Titans plus them points. I had Buffalo plus three and a half. Uh, you know, I got the point, the half point. So, that was all good. You know what I mean? So, against the spread, we were fine. I gave out unders. We gave out, I gave out prop bets, whether it was Thielen or DK Metcalf. So, on balance still, with, with, with the, the picks that we gave out, you know, for money, I still did all right last weekend. But Danny, on bat, like, just straight up, I like these buy teams. Like, you know, it's going to be very hard for me to bet a, or, or give out straight up not the Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs or the Niners or even the Packers, to be quite honest. I think, like, I don't know that they're going to cover the point spreads. 10 is a lot of points in what I think is going to be a knockout drag em fight in Baltimore and Tennessee. Ten is a lot of points, or eight and a half, whatever it is. Ten is a lot of points for Kansas City, right? Because they're playing even a more conservative kind of game than last year. It's not as flashy. You know, Ten, um, uh, San, San Francisco, listen, San Francisco plays a lot of tight games. And Minnesota maybe might want to grind them out. I, so my point is that these favorites, I don't know if they'll cover the spread, and I'll give out my picks ATS on Thursday, but I do think straight up I'm going to lean towards these buy teams, Danny. So hopefully the kids aren't on to him. You know what I mean? They don't know about Lamar Jackson, I don't think.
5: Maybe they do. Maybe. That's their their, their ace up their sleeve.
0: <laughs> but I doubt it. Well, except for Tito. Because remember, Tito or Dylan, he's been, uh you know, all the kids at school are sending him Seahawks videos, right? So he was probably on DK Metcalf. You know, he was probably like, yo, they're giving me all these Seahawks videos at school. So we'll see. But uh, we'll make our official picks. On Thursday, Danny, but we got some ground to make up, brother man. Do you think we can?
5: I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough. All right, we'll we, see. We gotta, we, we, this may be the first year a kid beats speeds,
0: speeds, but here's the thing. The, it's on the parents, too. The parents have to actually send in the video, okay? I will welcome all the video, and I promise you, Danny, I sent reminders to all of the parents today. But uh, if they don't send them in, hey, you know what I'm saying? You got to be in it to win it. But in any event, you know, one of the th- we got this wrong, okay? We got a lot of things wrong uh, straight up over the weekend. But we usually do what Speeds got right, what Speeds got wrong. I want to take a different twinge on that and talk about what were the biggest busts of the fantasy season in 2019 and what are their potential for bounce back, you know? And a lot of these I was on. So, for example, um, at the running back positions. One of the biggest busts was Damian Williams, all right? He was a first-round pick. I was saying all season he was going to be a Fugazi. I told you to forget about him. Going into fantasy draft seasons, he finished as RB38 outside of even flex consideration in a 12-team league, right? 498 yards, five touchdowns. It was the injuries, and that's the thing. I said he was not able to handle the three-down workload, which everyone thought. I still don't think next year. I think, listen, he might be healthy. He might be a good back. He might improve on his 38th ranking. But watch Darwin Thompson next year, okay? They're still going to wind up as a committee in Kansas City. And one of the things we're learning is you want to try to get to there where the committee is only two people instead of three. This is going to be a full-on committee next year. So Damian Williams has, in my opinion, not a ton of bounce-back potential, not all the way back to the low-end RB1 level that a lot of people thought. Um, A lot of people talk about bust at the running back position with like Kamara or Saquon. I don't buy it. Yeah, they were drafted in the top four overall, but Kamara finished like RB nine or ten. Saquon finished RB ten, I think it was. We had it up on the screen um, a few weeks ago. It's not a bust. All right, they still returned RB one value for you. I know they didn't get full of what you're going to get, but like this year coming up, if you draft uh, Zeke Elliott and he winds up RB eight, or Dalvin Cook, or or um, or uh, you know Nick Chubb, let's say. Let's say you draft Nick Chubb number four, number three or four overall, which I'm sure is viable. I got to dig into it a little bit more. And he finishes as RB9. You know, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit below what you thought, but it's not a problem in my opinion. David Johnson was a big one. And the thing is, for me, he was going in the first round. He finished RB37. But for me, I think he has a better bounce-back potential than Damian Williams. Why? Because he's a free agent. All right, so someone is going to go after him with a scheme in mind because they think he is a good fit and I think that is helpful so don't sleep on David Johnson will he be a first round talent probably not would I take one of these ascending second year guys like a Devin Singletary ahead of David Johnson maybe but it depends on where DJ lands and that's why you should keep your eye out on him on wide receiver listen Thielen was going second round finished wide out 64 that was a lot of injuries right that can happen to anybody but Thielen is over at that age now remember it happened to AJ Green Doug Baldwin walked away. Keep an eye out. These older receivers, that's why I like the second year, third year ascending ones, and Dylan's a little bit old, so I wouldn't go back to the well for a bounce back with Dylan. Juju was a big bust to me. He was going top six wide out, finished as wide receiver 65. He even played 12 games. Now, I know the quarterback situation, but I don't know for next year. One of the things I said about Juju was that he benefited from all the attention Antonio Brown got, right? He benefited from that. Could he actually be the number one wide receiver for his team? Could he handle the kind of coverage he was going to get? That still remains to be seen, in my opinion. Yeah, like they'll likely have Ben back, and maybe a healthy Connor and Deontay Johnson, right? Right. But the thing is, I don't know if he's that dude to even handle shadow coverage and or a guy over the top, you know? And at the tight end position, because we only got a couple of minutes. And I would also say, listen, people drafted Antonio Brown. That was a bust. Odell Beckham was a top five, six wide receiver as well. He finished as wide receiver 25. Still, though, a wide receiver two or three in most leagues. So, you know, it just didn't have those lofty expectations. We'll see if he sticks around in Cleveland. And then at the tight end position, two that I was on that, I, you know, we got wrong. One was O.J. Howard, but we know about that, right, in the Bruce Arian system, I guess he didn't get there. Um he even but he even finished behind uh Cameron making America braid again. So it was a disappointing year for OJ Howard. We'll see if he has a bounce back. The other one was Vance Vance will make him dance. He finishes tight end 30. Now listen, I told you about how there was some consistency at the tight end position. The top 3 guys like Cook, guys like Austin Hooper, I expect Waller to be there again next year. I expect um you know, guys like Evan Ingram to be back, Hunter Henry to be back as repeat performances. All right, so I do think you have other places to go, and you could wait for that mid-tier. It didn't work out if you did that with O.J. Howard this year. didn't work out if you did it with Vance this year, but there will be others. All right, we only got about a minute left, so check this out. Here's what we're going to do. Danny, on the Thursday show, we will preview divisional round. I think it's the best weekend in all of football. Wild card weekend is cool, but the big boys joined the fray this weekend, and there's still two games on Saturday and Sunday, okay? It is the best Weekend of football, in my opinion. Big shout-out to the um, Lev Bell, Derek Scott says. I mean, he finished as, honestly, he finished as RB14 overall. So, I mean, he, he he wasn't great, you know, but there were other bigger busts. Absolutely. We'll break down Divisional Weekend, Speeds versus the Kids. Hopefully, we got some entries. I'll give you a DFS lineup as well. And, uh... We'll see if there's more uh, New Year's resolutions. And tell me if you have ideas for overtime. Vote on the poll. You know what it is. You can hear me on Make It Rain all the time, every morning here, Monday through Friday. And I'll see you on Thursday, right back here with the Stats Overbeat Cypher. It's the Fantasy Freestyle here on Sports Grid.
1: In Game Live up next. I'm out. Peace.
4: sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, Toyota, let's go places. All-inclusive
3: vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and and Central America, and enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.
0: Here's what you missed on Fantasy Freestyle.
3: Daddy, are you
0: ready? We had a wild weekend. All right. And, you know, Henry, I know you're in the chat. You've already hit me up. Ben, what's going on in the chat? Stats overbeat Cypher is assembling as usual. We had a wild card weekend. We're going to break it down game by game. Tell you what uh, I thought you could take away. Not only to spin forward to make a little bit of cash. Uh, for the rest of the playoffs, but also what it could mean for the future of fantasy football, okay? You are always logging things in your mind that you want to remember as we move along. So like we will on a Monday, we're not doing waiver wires anymore, right? Because the fantasy football season is largely done. But we will do what speeds kind of got right and what speeds got wrong in each game, all right? And then, yes, what we need to do, Henry, is we need to update speeds versus the kids. And uh, Henry is all over how uh danny and i did danny do you see henry already in the chat he's I, uh he's I, already I yeah letting us know but yes we will detail this uh-huh. and why it was an interesting why it was an interesting week for us but um and then listen i also wanted to talk remember last week i started talking about our sports resolutions for 2020 so henry henderson ben in the chat room francisco g uh-huh. um let me know what are your sports resolutions for the year 2020 All right, and moving forward, I talked about, like, strikeouts mattering. I also... Here's another one. In 2020, can we not project what we think athletes should do because of what we want them to do? You know, like, whether it's a guy like Zion Williamson or Trevor Lawrence or Tua Tagovailoa and how much they play in college or should they sit out? Like, we say, oh, Zion shouldn't have played. Or if it's, like, Manny Machado getting a contract, right? Or... The idea of the refs in instant replay, like, can we just give that up? And we'll talk about that, obviously, with what happened in that end zone. Very close to the original sin for pass interference replay um, that was happening last last year in the same building. But in any event, let's get it started. Uh, We also, we got a poll question up as it relates to the Saints as well, right? And my poll question here is, should each team get a possession in overtime? Okay, because listen, remember, uh, at this point, five, ten years ago with the Minnesota Vikings and Brett Favre, um, they uh, went down the field, kicked a field goal in that playoff game, and uh, that was it. And so now it's like, oh, if you get a field goal, the other team gets a possession. What about just letting both teams get a possession? Should both teams get a possession? Maybe it's closer to college and people don't like it. Maybe people are like, listen, your defense is a part of one of the three phases of this game. Just... Be sure to follow all our social media at FNTSY Sportsnet and at FNTSY Radio.